howdy, folks. This is Cousin Nancy, and I'm doing another podcast. This is episode 25 or podcast 25, episode uh, 25, okay? And I'm doing this on January 25th, 2024, and the title of this podcast is Here's Your Sign. And this podcast I am transcribing, and you can view it. If you would rather read it than listen to me, you can go to CousinNancy.com. Find the link that takes you to my blog, Cousin Nancy, and uh, it'll be posted there for you to read. Uh, And uh, anyway, hope everybody's doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, before we get started today, I need to explain the long lapse of time since doing my last podcast. And I will try to keep it short and put it on a bumper sticker if possible. So here goes. Last year, while I was watching Super Bowl, a little voice inside my head told me to touch my left breast, and since this has never happened to me before, I touched it and I felt a lump, and it scared the heck out of me. But thanks to a couple of dear friends, I found a fabulous doctor later on that week, and after the doctor had checked me out, he told me he was concerned about the lump, and he scheduled me to get a blood test, then a mammogram, and then a biopsy. Thankfully, I did pass that horrible blood test with uh, flying colors, but it left me bruised in four different places because that inexperienced young man obviously did not know how to draw blood or a cartoon. Anyway, a week later came the crushing mammogram, and that hurt even more than the four stab wounds that I had received from the blood test guy. The following week, they did the biopsy, And by now, my nerves were completely frazzled, and I was scared, scared, scared. And bottom line, I was then sent to see a a general surgeon, and I liked him, even though he wanted to give me a lumpectomy as soon as possible. And I asked him what a lumpectomy was, and he said, it's a partial mastectomy. Ugh, yuck. Anyway, luckily, my dear friend told me to talk to her sweet sister-in-law who had had a lumpectomy years ago, and she was great, and she was she calmed me down because she answered all of my questions concerning, consider, ugh, concerning the surgery, etc. On the morning of the surgery, April 5th, around 4.45 in the morning, Tony woke me up, and before I climbed out of bed, I threw it out to the universe to please give me a sign if I should get the lumpectomy or cancel the surgery. My first sign was immediate because we were having a severe thunderstorm with heavy rain pounding our metal roof so loudly it made our dog Henry crawl underneath the bed, and that did not help my nerves any at all. (laughs) So... The second sign was when I turned on the bedroom light and saw that my cherished alien-attracting helmet had fallen off the headpost, and it was on the floor next to the bed, and it made no sense. And in the five years since I made that silly thing, this has never happened ever. So it it didn't make any sense why the helmet suddenly is on the floor. Uh, So now my third sign was when we drove to the hospital in dangerous pouring rain with lightning striking all around us. By the time we got to the hospital, I literally was basically shaking, (laughs) just, you know, shaking nonstop. I was so scared. The fourth sign was right after I had pre-registered at the nurse's station. I told Tony I was going to the bathroom, and the minute that I stepped out of the waiting room into the hallway, all of the lights went out in the entire 
hospital, which really scared me until seconds later when the hospital generators kicked in. I guess the hospital had been hit by lightning or something. Anyway, by now, I was seriously thinking that maybe I should reschedule the surgery or just simply forget about it altogether and just go home, because that is exactly what I would have rather wanted to do. So... A little while later that morning, this nice nurse took us to my tiny room and had me change into a faded unisex gown that wasn't very complimentary. And then (laughs) I was quickly whisked away in a wheelchair to another room down the hallway so they could start prepping me for my upcoming surgery. And, of course, by now I was a nervous wreck until the nurse gave me a small paper cup filled to the brim with this dark green medicine to drink. And it looked like and it tasted like Vicks NyQuil. And it may have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't have a cold or flu or anything. So, but, so anyway, a few minutes later, after the nurses had returned me to my private room, the drugs were definitely starting to kick in. I was suddenly relaxed and smiling. And while I talked to Tony, we happily watched one person after another on gurneys being wheeled down the hallway to go get their surgeries done. Okay, now picture this. There I was on this bed with wheels, sitting on these paper-thin sheets of paper, and I was obviously in some kind of la-la land watching all these people on gurneys go by when I turned my attention to the country music that was playing loudly throughout that entire hospital wing. And that is when I received my fifth and final sign that definitely told me not to have the surgery. Then seconds later, this kind nurse walked into the room to check on me and to offer me another warm blanket. And as she was putting the blanket over me, I casually said to her, that is one horrible song for people to have to listen to before they go into surgery. And the nurse paused a moment to listen to the music, and then she said, oh, my God, as she rushed out of the room into the hallway and softly hollered, turn that music off now, turn it off. And within seconds, the music had stopped, and you could hear the sound of silence throughout the hospital, except for a few nurses giggling at the nurse's station. And when that uh, same nurse returned to my room, I jokingly said, Now, don't get me wrong, I love Garth Brooks and his music, but listening to him sing that beautiful song, The Last Dance, before going under the knife is just a little too much, don't you think? Then the nurse, Tony, and I began to chuckle about it. But I guess the last lap was on me because about 10 minutes later, before going into surgery, the anesthetist came into the room to hook me up to an IV. And before he left the room, he asked me to please remove my dentures because he was afraid during the surgery that they might get damaged. So a few minutes later, there I was, toothless and being wheeled down the hallway into surgery. And that is all that I can remember. Thank goodness. Well, less than an hour later, I woke up in my room with Tony standing beside my bed. And as I was putting my clothes back on, my surgeon poked his head into the room and gave me a thumbs up. And he's grinning all over and he said, I got it all. I will see you in a week. Then I covered my mouth and I thanked him. Before being wheeled out of the hospital in a wheelchair, I put on my old, gently used blue COVID-19 mask to hide the fact that I wasn't wearing my dentures. So, after we got into the truck, Tony and I went to Walgreens to fill my prescription, and we were told it would take an hour because the pharmacist was out to lunch. 
And I'm thinking, <laughs> I wouldn't use that term, you know, the pharmacist is out to lunch. I mean, I'd just say, he's gone right now, <laughs> or, or on a break. Anyway, because Tony was uh, supposedly starving, I suggested that we go to Sonic to grab a hamburger while we waited for my meds. And Tony ate his burger and tater tots, and I gummed my cheeseburger down. We went and picked up uh, my prescriptions. When we were leaving town and were stopped at the last signal light, our pickup made this horrible sound, and the uh, check engine light came on immediately. So when the traffic light turned green, Tony drove or kind of rolled us across the intersection into a small convenience store's parking lot uh, that was only less than 100 feet away. The bottom line is a tow truck picked up our truck and took it to our repair shop, and our dear friend Sandy rescued us and drove us home. One week later, I went to see the surgeon, and he told me that everything looked good and was healing great, and then he suggested that I take a month off to rest and to heal, and to say the least, I liked his plan. During that month, a dear friend had suggested I watch this nine-hour documentary, The Truth About Cancer by Ty Bollinger, and so I did. Every day I'd try, I would watch at least one one one-hour episode of The Truth About Cancer, and I'm so glad that I did because I discovered that there are so many alternative ways of fighting cancer. Anyway, a month later, we went and saw the surgeon again, and he showed us after the uh, the after-surgery reports that showed that he did get all of the cancer because the lymph node that he took out and the marginal area that had surrounded my lump uh, that he had removed were all clean, non-malignant, and were cancer-free. So that was fantastic news, and I'm glad I did it. Even though my prognosis was good, the surgeon did recommend that I set up an appointment with an oncologist, but I chose not to because I knew I was cancer-free and I did not want chemo or radiation to destroy my immune system. And that is the main reason why I have not done a podcast for so long. And the other reason is because Tony and I were both working part-time jobs uh, up until October. But please note that I am not giving advice to anyone dealing with cancer. The choice that I made worked for me, but I do highly recommend to anyone fighting cancer or know someone fighting cancer to watch this eye-opening documentary about cancer because if nothing else, it will give you more insight about alternative treatments and having hope for a cure because in many cases nowadays, cancer is no longer a death sentence. So anyway, I do highly recommend it. Okay, now that I've gotten that out of the way, it is time for a Cousin Boomer update. Last week, Boomer came over for happy hour, and while we were visiting with him, he told us about his 2024 New Year's resolution. Boomer told us that he is planning to go to Paris, Texas, so he can take selfies of himself standing in front of uh, the 60-foot-5 Eiffel Tower, which has this giant, shiny, uh, cherry-red cowboy hat on top of the tower. And he also plans to go to that famous historic Evergreen Cemetery in Paris so he can get a selfie of himself standing by the 12-foot monument of Jesus in cowboy boots. And I thought that sounded pretty interesting. When Tony asked Boomer why he wanted to do that, that, Boomer replied, because it's near the top of my bucket list and they are all both free to the public. 
So while we were sitting there sipping our beers, I told my cousin that I'd just decided to write another mystery novel, and he'd given me some ideas. And Cousin Boomer asked me if he could please be a character in it, and I told him uh, he could because he told me that being a character in one of my books has always been on his bucket list, even though he told me that it is near the bottom of his bucket list since I wrote my first book. And I think that was a compliment, but I'm still not sure about that. Anyway, since then, I've got uh, for a plot is what I've got for a plot is Cousin Boomer, who we all know is a traveling salesman in real life, checks into the cheapest, most rundown motel he can find in Paris, Texas. And after he has quickly checked into his room and has unloaded the suitcase, uh, he jumps into his pickup truck so he can go take selfies by Paris's two free, most famous, popular tourist attractions. And I'm thinking in the set, and that this that's what the the plot is so far. And I'm thinking for you know, in the second chapter, I'm going to write something like this. Later that night, after Boomer had returned back to his motel room, he takes a hot shower. And when he comes out of the bathroom, he receives a, a note pushed from under the door. And he's even more intrigued because it's the closet door. <laughs> and the note's three handwritten words on it were remember the Alamo. And that is all that I've written so far, folks. So, you know, I got to come up with something else there. Okay, now it is joke time, and here we go. Do you know that it's a fact that, a fact of life, excuse me, did you know that it's a fact of life that life isn't a fairy tale? For example, if you uh, lose your shoe at midnight, you're drunk. <laughs> okay, here's one about addiction. I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. <laughs> and I like this one too. Why do we call them olives and not greases pieces? <laughs> and lastly, what do we call a lazy kangaroo? A pouch potato. <laughs> Okay, folks, that's about it for this podcast, and I do promise to get back in the saddle again and start podcasting on a regular basis. Some of my podcasts will still be about an hour long, but most of them will be much shorter, just so I can tell you a few jokes and to hopefully make you laugh out loud, because it is a fact that laughter is the best medicine. <clears throat> FYI, excuse me, my uh, <clears throat> FYI on February 9th, Knock on wood, uh, I want to give y'all a heads up about an upcoming podcast because I will be doing a super fun podcast with my dear friends Eileen and her sister Dean with a live audience inside the Last Resort studio. And y'all will be in for a real treat listening to some of their hilarious tales. So please remember to mark your calendars for February 9th. It'll probably be in the evening before it gets posted because I have to always do a little work after I do a podcast. But anyway, that's needed to let you know that. Lastly, before I go, I do want you to know that I love and am dedicating this podcast to some very special people in my life. Tony, Cindy, Ronnie, Anita, Eileen, Sandy, Jean, Steve, Andy, Sue, Lyle and Roxanne, Dylan, Lloyd, Clive and Curtis, Cindy P., Jerry, Angel, Debbie and Mac, and forth, and to the finest nurses and the best doctors in Central Texas. <laughs> 
And that is about it, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Y'all take care and keep on laughing. And please always remember my favorite quote that I came up with. Life is short and so am I. I love y'all. Take care.